Welcome to the Creating Your Best Self podcast. We're your hosts, David N. Johnson. And I'm T. LaVon Lawrence. The Creating Your Best Self podcast is all about personal change. It's about creating the very best version of yourself so that you can help others achieve the same. It's about living your life with intent, gratitude, and a deep level of self-worth and happiness. Today, we're going to discuss the third of four pillars for living your best life. We're going to talk about the power of relationships and the roles they play in living your best life. Relationships are a cornerstone of living a happy and fulfilling life. Positive relationships lead to positive outcomes. Stay tuned. I are stoked that you're tuning in today. We certainly appreciate that you're here. Now, we took a little hiatus, but we're back and have a good show planned for you today. Uh, this is part three of a four-part series. We all know that relationships are important. I don't think that I have to tell you that, but I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about all relationships. Uh, the ones you have with your coworkers, your friends, your customers, and even your employees I'm referring to relationships you have with your children, with your mom, with your dad, the one with your pets, and and even the relationship that you have with the barista at your favorite coffee shop. Relationships matter. Now, I read a study done uh, by the National Institute of Aging that said prolonged isolation and loneliness is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. 15! Now, it's been estimated to shorten a person's lifespan by as many as 15 years. Again, 15, right? So 15 be the magical number there. How much is a pack of cigarettes nowadays? Like eight bucks? So every day you're not in a good relationship, it's costing you money too. (laughs) Very true. Uh, um, uh, So for you work colleagues out there, being lonely reduces your ability to perform everyday tasks. So the more you work uh, and the more you ignore your relationships in life, the less effective you become. This is why we developed the four pillars of living your best life is to kind of give you guideposts on what you should be focusing on. Too many of us focus so much on the monetary aspect of living a good life that we neglect our health, relationships, uh, and even our spirituality. So I'm guilty of that. Well, we, we all are, right? <laughs> um, so we're actually hardwired for relationships. Each one of us is biologically and cognitively wired to love and be loved. We have a strong, innate desire to belong, right? This is built right within us. This is the scripting that we're all born with. And so when our relational needs aren't met, we we can't function like we are meant to. We start to fall apart. We hurt and we hurt each other. We lash out and we even can become sick because of it. So um, I was reading this quote by Brene Brown that said, there are certainly other causes of illness, numbness, and hurt, but the absence of love and belonging will always lead to suffering indeed right so uh, i don't want to get too down the, uh, too far down the rabbit hole of negative aspect of not having a good relationship so let's instead focus on its benefits a little bit and how to create stronger relationships first uh, the very first thing you must know is that the beneficial relationships are all about the attunement between people who care about one another yeah. the attunement Mm-hmm. between two people. So it's a good word, right? Attunement. That's now, a, a verb. It's work. Absolutely. Yeah. It absolutely is work. It takes intent. Now, there, there actually are, are various levels of this. For instance, the relationship you have with your spouse is going to have a bigger impact in your life. The one you have that barista 
that yeah. I mentioned earlier. Now, well, it depends on the quality of the coffee, too. Even. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I probably tell everybody I don't drink oh, coffee. Oh, you don't drink? Oh, uh, right. come no. on. That's, oh. I know. I know. People hate on me for that. But, you know, I'm not. That's how I, you get I, a hairy chest. I've never, <laughs> I've never been. Well, that's why, then. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we, we, feel, we feel supported uh, by healthy relationships. A certain sense of safety uh, comes along with those yeah. healthy relationships. Now, in a healthy and secure relationship, two people can actually anticipate each other's needs. This leaves us with a feeling of openness, and it creates a sense of calm, especially when we understand that we don't have to go through life's struggles alone. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Um, uh, healthy relationships foster well-being by helping to keep fear and anxiety to a manageable level. Uh, stress and emotional turmoil lead to breakdown in, in all aspects of life, right? I mean, just think about what stress and emotional turmoil lead to. It really, it really starts breaking down a lot of different things. Um, but with the right relationship to lean on, when things do get tough, we begin to see things aren't as tough as we initially thought that they were. They give us strength to push on. So here are six ways that you can help build a stronger relationship. Each one of these, we're going to get into more detail. Uh, but the first one is to be understanding. Second one is to show love and appreciation. Third, be your best self. Fourth, spend time together. Fifth, be both honest and trustworthy. And of course, the tough one, communication. So T, why don't you start us off? Why don't you start off with the big one? Well, understanding. We all get that understand by understanding we mean perceiving where another person is coming from and what they're trying to tell us so that we know what's going on with them and they know that we know what's going on with them. Now this seems easy enough on the surface, but if the, com the communication demonstration I'm about to discuss uh, proves anything is that it takes focus and work to be both a good listener and communicator. Now, I've seen a demonstration in business back when I was working at Boeing and in the military where they would put people up on a stage and they would line them up, okay? They would have the first person in the line whisper something into the ear of the second person in line. And then they would have that person whisper it to the next until it got way down to the end of the line. The message that started with the first person was completely changed by the time it got to the last person. It just wasn't the same thing. And that, that to me, was as clear a demonstration uh, that we don't always interpret what we hear or perceive correctly from another person. And when we turn around and relay it to somebody else, that just waters it down even more. Right, yeah. I, there's, there's something else. I, it's, it's a game. I can't remember what it is. Uh -huh. Where somebody will, will write a sentence and uh -huh. the next person has to draw it. Then the next person has to write a sentence about what they saw. The next person has to draw what they wrote the sentence. <laughs> and it's interesting to see what the what the, the first sentence was and the drawing at the end. It is never the same. Yeah, it's it's a pretty wild uh, uh, thing. And, 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 I, and I've seen it so many times uh, to where when I do go to work and I do deal with teams of people, I have a compulsion to make sure that if I tell one person, I still go to the second person who they told to make sure that they understand it too. And that's why that's why software and online software is so good because you can write this stuff out and then you just send the person to what you wrote and then then it's clear. But when it comes to people communicating, it doesn't work that way, you know? Um, we, we have bias, okay? We have our own in, interpretive filters of stuff. So much bias. Yeah, yeah. So like, for instance, like, it, it, like you can tell me something and your intent doesn't get to me because I have my own intent. When I heard it, I immediately 
uh, turned it into whatever my bias is. And you could have meant something good or kind, and I could have taken it an offense by it, you know? So communication really is important. You got to be a great listener. Now, your attention, when it comes to listening, your attention determines your clarity. When you're speaking with someone or someone's speaking to you, don't divide your attention. Be there in the moment so that you can experience them. You have to be able to set aside your own ego and your inner voice so that you can hear what they're trying to broadcast. And do not, I repeat, do not allow your thoughts to superimpose your opinion into their message. Because when you're listening, uh, when you're listening to it, it's not about what you want and how you view things. You can't truly hear another person while you're busy listening to your own opinions and judgments over what they're revealing to you. Uh, that one, it violates a trust. Someone says something to you, you take it into yourself, and then you convert it into something else. If they find out that you don't understand them, they're not going to want to communicate to you intimately and with trust the next time. People believe in others who believe in them. And if they know you get them, they'll be more willing to communicate with you in the future. That was, that was, that was awesome. I mean, I think one of the things that's important is we got to make sure that we're listening to understand, not listening to reply, right? Dude, I think that that have, is the biggest problem. There. I have a bad habit of that. Like I just demonstrated, okay? I hear you talking. I already know what the reply is. And I'm just sitting here waiting, tapping my feet, ready to give you my genius <laughs> Right. But did I really hear That's what why you I got to talk so fast and can't pause because if you hear me break in there somewhere, you're going to jump in and say something. Dude, I'm on it like, like <laughs> ugly on an eight, my friend. <laughs> so you also have to be more empathetic, okay? Exercise your ability to step briefly into their shoes to better understand what they may be experiencing and then mindfully step out of it once you have its measure so that you can look at the matter with greater objectivity and wisdom. Being empathetic to gain understanding is the exact opposite of suffering in somebody else's name. Listening to someone's self-expression does not require you to suffer shock, fear, anger, contempt, jealousy, or any other negativity. You can't be simultaneously empathetically understanding and judgmental at the same time. People know instinctively whether or not you are connecting with their signals versus merely waiting your turn to jump in to broadcast your judgment and assumptions. When people perceive that you are more interested in your own position, it destroys both connection and trust. Next, you want to be able to face your problems head on, but together. Nothing strengthens the bonds of a relationship like achieving significant progress through shared goals, effort, work, and growth. People who overcome together grow closer and more trusting of one another. Two heads are better than one, teamwork makes the dream work, and nobody knows how to do everything well. That was three cliches in a row. I am awesome. A, here's another one. A burden shared is light to bear. Two loving people working in harmony can lift and handle far larger capacities of interesting life challenges. Now, 
One of my favorite books is Think and Grow Rich. And one of the principles in Think and Grow Rich is that of the mastermind. It's called the mastermind principle. The mastermind principle states that where two minds meet, it creates a third mind that knows more and performs more effectively than any individual mind. When the two of you in a relationship can work together, you can carry more, you can go further, and the burden feels lighter. Now, the more you work together hand in hand to wisely dismantle unnecessary issues and pave a smoother road into the future, the deeper, richer, and more meaningful your relationship becomes with time. Next, make sure that you don't keep score um, you, you, because you both either win or lose as a team. Now, one of the purposes of a relationship is mutual support for personal development and growth. That means that if a bond is to have any real meaning and, and, and pleasant memory, uh, it has to be built through shared work at becoming better human beings. Uh, that's the whole point of this show, which is creating your better self so that you can help somebody else become their best self. And that's the perfect purpose of a relationship so that you can both help each other up to grow and evolve. And as you both grow, your relationship grows too. Now, um, it's not supposed to be about our self-serving desire to get what we want, but how you can become a better, more loving, happier human being through expressing your purpose through a connection with the other person who has the same, similar, or other healthy values. Relationships, especially romantic ones, are there to make you both better people toward yourself first, which is then reflected in the way you approach and treat the other person. Being human is difficult. Relationships which require a deep, relationships require a deep well of forgiveness and flexibility. People need room to grow and learn, and that includes you. Most importantly, it includes you. Yeah, uh, keeping score basically is a form of self-abuse. Um, Keeping score requires you to hold that harm or that slight or that, that issue that came up in your mind and you and not just hold on to it like on purpose. You will not let it go because you have a false sense of strength and protection if you hold on to that thing. That the next time it happens, well, I'll remember what that person did to me and I'll be you know, better ready for dealing with it. But that's not usually the way it works. Keeping scores a form of self-sabotaging hypocrisy. The score you keep against another person is a, is a flaw within yourself that you're ignoring. Okay, Every, David even gives me an illustration that I like to use is that when you're pointing a finger at someone else, there are three fingers pointing back at you and possibly a thumb too. You know? <laughs> so yeah, you, you, thumbs uh, up. <laughs> there you go. Um, keeping score is the same uh, as ending your relationship in advance. You, you've, you've already you decided you're going to keep this score because you know in the future you're going to need that again. It's the same as ending your relationship in advance. Uh, keeping score violates laws of forgiveness toward them and yourself. If you're not going to let go of that issue for them, most likely there's something you're holding on within yourself too. Okay, as you approach yourself, so you approach other people. Yeah, one thing I like to say about mm -hmm. forgiveness is mm -hmm. is forgiveness isn't for the other person, 
first and foremost, forgiveness is a gift to yourself. It gives yeah. you the ability to move on and to grow past whatever it was that happened to you. Yeah, exactly. It makes you bigger than the thing. That Absolutely. Occurred. Yeah. yeah. Uh, keeping score means that you're trying to protect yourself from an ultimate failure by building that ultimate failure in your mind and heart, tracking its progress so that you can abandon the relationship before you lose. Scorekeeping is the compulsion to lose with greater ease. You can't enjoy a winning relationship with a mind that's focused on preventing loss that you fear. Since our hour-by-hour -hour daily experience is mostly comprised of what we're thinking about, scorekeeping forces you to think about failure. It forces you to experience the pain of it even when it's not occurring. And taking a psychological and emotional action to protect yourself. This breeds distrust. It cuts you off from the possibility of fully opening yourself to a mutually uplifting relationship. Forgiveness toward a growing, learning relationship partner must replace scorekeeping or failure is guaranteed. Every score that gets converted into forgiveness strengthens you as well as the relationship. And remember, a loss by one should be a reason for support by all because we are each of us lifelong learners even when we think we've got life figured out. A win by one should be a win for both or for all involved. A win unshared is a loss hidden from view. And finally, you need to learn and balance out each other's strengths and weaknesses. Your role in a relationship is always to strengthen and improve yourself so that you can be a strength to the other. But you must have the self-honesty, the humility, and willingness to allow their talent to take the lead when yours is still in development. Now, lastly, you want to recognize that there is more than just your perspective. The world does not revolve around us as individuals, even though our central nervous system is so arranged to cause us to perceive the opposite. When we don't get our way, or when people behave in ways that irritate us, our first temptation is to roll along with frustration we feel, rather than questioning whether we truly have the right to demand obedience in the first place. The insistence within ourselves that everything is supposed to go the way we want is at the root of our personal nervousness and discontent. The courage to set aside our own point of view and temporarily walk around in another person's perspective is how we become wiser, stronger, and more capable. Now, one of the most interesting personal benefits on the path of becoming someone who is capable of fully understanding somebody else in a relationship is that you must first learn to understand yourself. The better you are able to listen to, process, and move on from your own internal challenges, the more effectively you can do it in dealing with other people, even intimately. Understanding is the foundation that allows a sense of growing appreciation and love for others. When it comes to the topic of love and appreciation, I'd like to get your take on it. David, tell us, if you would, how love and appreciation strengthen the relationship pillar or the four pillars of success. 
I think I can do that. So uh, the second way to build a strong relationship is by focusing on two very important words, love and appreciation. Now, whether it's a romantic relationship, a platonic relationship, uh, one of the best ways to show somebody that you care about them is to let the other person know how much you appreciate them. This is more than just words, okay? You can't just tell somebody how much you love and appreciate them. You have to show them. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, of course, uh, and here's the kicker, you must love yourself first. Yeah. Are you starting to notice a theme here, right? You got to everything that we're talking about today is all about first first loving yourself, appreciating mm-hmm. yourself first, understanding who you are, being okay with it because you can't project something different than who you are on the inside. Yeah. Right? So this is so you can't love somebody else if you don't love yourself first, right? So it's really important that you take care of yourself first. And this mm-hmm. is the reason why, if you look at the pillars and the order that we put it in, you know, the first two was all about you. It was all about understanding who you are and being yep. on being on a good uh, foundation before you start building a relationship with others. Yep. It's very, very important because, like I said a minute ago, you cannot build a good relationship with somebody if you don't first have a good relationship with yourself. Yep. And it's important to know that we all want to be seen. We all want to be heard. We all want to feel like we are understood. And this is why when you make somebody else feel valuable, they instantly feel good around who you are. Yeah. Right? So yeah. this makes them feel important to you and makes them want to be around you more. Because as we talked about, a good relationship is all about the attunement between two people. It's yeah. all about the connection and care that you have with one another. Yeah. And so a lot of the stuff we're talking about now can really focus on the, a romantic relationship, maybe with your spouse or significant other, whoever whoever it may be. But this is just as important as a parent, as mm-hmm. a child, as a friend, as a coworker, as yeah. a boss, as an employee. All of these things that we're talking about is very, very, very important and is the reason why we want to make sure that you understand that all of this starts with you. You can't go into any relationship expecting the other person to change. You can only change yourself. Many times, Mm -hmm. this is the best way to get someone to show you that you're valuable is by teaching them how to do it. Yeah. Right? I know we were talking about this, T, just before the podcast and kind of get into this kind of, you know, deep, but... Many times, if you don't feel valued in a relationship, you have to understand first that you have to show the other person that they are valuable, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we don't feel value with who we are. We do not right. feel that we have a sense of value. And so since we don't feel it inside, we can't project it to other people. Yeah. Somebody's so, got to start it. Absolutely. So yeah. it needs to be you. Yeah. You exactly. need to start it, right? So it always should start with you. So your appreciation should be an everyday thing, not just an occasional thing. So personally, personally, I have stopped telling people thank you. I don't say thank you anymore. I don't do it. I noticed that. All right? I don't do it. <laughs> the, the, re- the reason I don't tell people thank you is because it's so automatic, mm-hmm. not only to say, but also to hear, that mm-hmm. I, I, I started changing it to the words, I appreciate you. I so when somebody that. does something nice for me, I let them know I appreciate it by saying those words. Mm-hmm. And how you say it, obviously, is really, really important. In fact, what's funny, even a lot of people at the office are saying it now. Mm-hmm. Since I me say too. it, yep. I think the reason is, is because when I say it, it makes them feel good. And they want to make sure that other people feel the same way. And yep. so they are saying it as well. So it's always interesting seeing you know, seeing how those two words make a big change. I've done the same thing. I've stopped saying thank you so much. I do appreciate I, I say how much I appreciate people a lot more. And the thing is, what's weird, 
is when I say it, I feel it. I really yeah. do because when people do stuff for me, it, it's important to me. You know, even when they're just doing their job, I do appreciate the fact that they're doing it. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing I think, just from a very young age, mm-hmm. say please and thank you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we say it without really thinking about it. So if we stop and say, I appreciate you, and you're really thinking about those words, and you could even say it further, mm-hmm. say it even further, like, I appreciate that you took care mm-hmm. of that email for me that I couldn't get mm-hmm. to. That is kind of weird. I I feel like the same thing happens when I say I love somebody. I actually feel it either like while I'm saying it or before I say it, which gets prompts me to actually express it. Right. You know, I, uh, I, I can't imagine people who say stuff, but they don't really feel it. You know, yeah. they're just going through the motions. That goes back to that. I, I can't remember what episode it was, but we talked about your internal scripting. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of things, a lot of scripting that came just because this is what we were taught to do. Yeah. And by disrupting that, script those things mm-hmm. that were we just say automatically we start to feel those words a little bit more well i'll tell you the scripting is remember we talk about herds too a lot of the scripting comes from the herds that you run with and i'm telling you i am i am over 50 years old okay i'm not going to tell you I, I i literally don't want people breaking out their calculators but at 50 plus years old i am still learning 57 <laughs> but, but at 52 years old i'm not <laughs> people are people i am learning that for decades, the stuff I've read about relationships, a lot of it is wrong. It is just wrong because it, it was all about performing actions and saying certain words robotically. Yeah. Without true, genuine feeling. They say, if you, if you do this, your relationship will get better. Uh, she'll love you more. You'll win the heart of blah, 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 blah. And I've done those things, and it's wrong because it wasn't truly from the inside If it's out. a script, it's not mm-hmm. real. Exactly. It's right? not real. So, you know, as I said earlier, you can't just say that you appreciate somebody. Mm-hmm. You must show them, right? You know, and that doesn't, that doesn't mean, when I said that, it doesn't mean that words aren't important because words are very, very important, right? So as we get further along in our relationship with somebody, our communications tend to get a little bit more negative. We start focusing on the things that maybe aren't going right more than we did in the beginning, and this is and this is this is what uh, why Dr. John Gottman he recommends that you should strive for a five to one ratio when it comes to positive and negative communication. Explain so, it. Yeah. So if you if you say something that's negative to somebody, if you mm-hmm. say you know um, you're leaving clothes all over the floor, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure that you have five positive things, five positive pieces of communication with that person mm-hmm. before you say another another negative thing. Oh, right. That's pretty good, yeah. Man. So five to one, very good. So so think about it, right? When you first enter, like let's just use a romantic relationship as an example. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is lovey dovey. You can't stop gushing over the other person, mm-hmm. right? You would never imagine saying anything negative about them because you have nothing negative to say. You're all, you know, all the lovey dovey, like I mentioned, right? Because mm-hmm. so so what as things get further and further along in the relationship, these other stuff that kind of irritates you come up and you start oh, bringing yeah. up these other things that in the beginning maybe snoring these quirks that you thought were cute in How the beginning. How you chew your food. All right. That's <laughs> no longer Yeah. It's like, oh so cute. It looks like he's chewing cut and then it irritates again. Yeah. So right, so um so these negative things come up, but that doesn't mean that you stop loving the other person, right? It just means that you've allowed familiarity to creep in. Right, so and this is also an, an opportunity for personal development because some of your irritations 
Uh, it's not their fault. It's it's something that's within you, and you need to fix it. They don't need to start chewing their food differently, or, or you know something like that. It, you you do have the responsibility of fixing your own irritations. I mean, that's that's part of the development. Oh right, you know? absolutely. Yeah. And this is why you can't go into a relationship expecting certain things, because expecting expecting uh-huh. leads to contemptment. Because exactly. if you expect certain things. You don't get what's expected. Mm-hmm. It creates angst and anxiety in you because mm-hmm. they're not doing what you think that they should do. Exactly. And it's unfair to them because you're expecting to live up to an idealized version of them mm-hmm. in your mind. And nobody can live up to the perfection that you can think. Including yourself. Exactly. Including It is total selfishness. And that's why you have to, be, you have to audit your emotions. It's important for us to do it for their benefit. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is why it's important to understand that love is an act. Relationship take intentionality. Put in the effort, be quick to praise, and remember to spend time together. Now, I think we'll have to revisit this in a future episode, T, because Mm -hmm. there's so much to talk about when it comes to love and appreciation Mm -hmm. in many, many different levels. Um, So let's just, let's just for now, let's just, let's just stop it here. Um, Mm -hmm. So what's next? Well, let's talk about um, what it, what it requires on your part. Uh, to strengthen a relationship. And one of the things I want to bring up uh, is to be your best self. And this is where, and I I have to confess, this is where I am at this point in my life. Uh, Because I've been in relationships, I've had failed relationships, I've worked on myself, I've read insane amounts of books, I've got these lists of rules and methods and techniques. And even at, at 43 years old, (laughs) <laughs> not in, in my neck. I'll be 37 next time. Um, even at my age, at 40, 50 something years old, I am. St- I, I have found conflict. 57. <laughs> I have found conflicts from everything I've read over the past 40 years of trying to be a great man for somebody, to be a a, a great person in a relationship. And so I am at this point right now to where the only solution that I have to strengthen a relationship is to improve myself. That is the only option I have left. And so, some of the things I'm working on is know thyself, fool, <laughs> fool, uh, become self-aware, live authentically, live your truest values, be vulnerable, and that's a, an interesting one to me, and never stop learning. So, and, and this, again, this is the path I'm on. And, well, for any wise person, it, inevitably, these are going to be things you got to work on. So, know thyself, fool. <laughs> Self-understanding is the essential key to knowing their experience. Because we, we, we all, you ever heard of, there was a song called um, You're Not Alone. And I think it's by one of the, a lady named Staples is her last name. And she's saying, you're not alone. I'm there with you. And then it says something about every tear on every face tastes the same. And for me, that's an illustration that we all have the same emotions. Now, you may think from a subjective standpoint that the way you feel anger is different from the way another person feels anger. But the human central nervous system is templated. Yeah. So that's right. So we feel anger the same way, yeah. but we don't all react to how we feel. Exactly. And we don't get way. triggered. The, our anger isn't triggered by the same things. It, 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 it's yeah. all depending on how you were. So uh, by learning to understand yourself, uh, what, what thoughts habitually run through your mind? 
what emotions are, uh, are habitually attached to those thoughts? How do you habitually react to the things that go on within yourself? That's exactly how you're going to treat other people. Okay. Now, if you can take stock and audit and be more mindful of how you feel and how you react and how you think, and you know that that other person is a human being and they're going through the same, at least emotions, even though it might be triggered differently and they might react differently. If you can understand yourself, you will understand them better and you can have more empathy, sympathy, understanding, forgiveness, and everything else. Because as you suffer, they suffer. Very you know, that, that's a perfect bridge, I think, or the perfect, if there was a bridge between what you said earlier to mm -hmm. now, this is, this is perfect. You were talking about, you read all these books, you learn all these things, and then you do them and you don't get the results the books promised. Yep. And this is why we can't love even with the, just... Even the authors of the books, a lot of times, they don't get their results. No, because think about it. You can't, you can't love with just your mind, mm -hmm. right? Now, I understand mm -hmm. the metaphor between heart and mind. I get mm -hmm. it. It's the same thing. But this is the whole thing why you can't just love with your mind. Mm -hmm. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to say this. And I'm gonna get this. That's not the way it works. You gotta have emotion. It. It you gotta have uh, emotion it. behind it. Yeah. You gotta love with your heart. You gotta go yep. into a relationship with your heart by being vulnerable. Like T was talking mm -hmm. about, know who you are so you can be that person by being more self-aware and being the only more way authentic. You're gonna be authentic. Absolutely. Just to know who you are. You, otherwise, you're gonna be faking it till you make it, and that's always a bad thing. Absolutely. I faked Agreed. it and I didn't make it. So uh, you wanna become in order to know yourself, you have to become more self-aware. Uh, for instance, like for, name something you do to help yourself become more self-aware. Um, one of the things I like to do is if I have any kind of negative emotion, like if there's anything that say maybe, you know, an argument or something that I get into. Mm -hmm. So I like to do these, like, and I've talked about these before, mm -hmm. but I always do these after action reports. I even do mm -hmm. these actually if it's a good, a good, but even if it's a good emotion, but mm -hmm. the, the negative emotion is like, okay. What happened? What were the feelings that I felt just before I kind of, you know, went off the edge when I got mm -hmm. angry or, or, or sad or whatever it happens to be? How did I feel? What's the lead up? Because so mm -hmm. many times when you get to the point of no return, well, there is no return. It's hard to pull yourself right. back from the moment that you're already angry. So yeah. how do you become more how you become more aware of what's happening before you get angry is by analyzing those moments that you did become angry so that when you're in those moments in the future, you mm -hmm. can recognize them for what they were and you go, oh, this is one of my trigger points. Oh, mm -hmm. this is what's going to make me you angry. You can actually catch it while it's happening because you studied it. Before. Absolutely. So yeah. I, I study the way I react to certain things and I go, mm -hmm. that is not the way I'm into. Or if I'm going into, and we're going to get to communication here in just a minute, but one of the things I like to do, especially if I have something that's important, whether it's with a coworker or a you know a person that works under me or whatever, I always think about what do I need the result to be of my communication? What do I need? And I focus on that because it's easy once emotions are evolved to kind of things will go off the rails, right? Yeah. So you want to make sure that you're focused on those moments. And the only way you can do that is by having those after action reports, understanding yeah. how you're getting to where you need to get to. Well, thank you, David. Now, as for myself, I do the after action report myself with a slight change. I do my after action report while the event is going on. Um, and I, I use, of course, mindfulness to do that. And with mindfulness, it's just a matter of controlling your attention so that your attention doesn't wander off into the thoughts that are about to take you over uh, or in your attention doesn't get caught up in the reaction that happens 
while the event is going on, while the person is talking to you, uh, while they're giving you a look you don't like or saying something negative towards you. Um, my action, my after action report is instant because it, when something challenging happens in the moment that I'm speaking with someone, there is a reaction, mm -hmm. okay? My, I have trained my mind to notice these reactions so that if I feel any negativity, my attention automatically comes to the, to the fore. I snatch my attention out of my thoughts and bring it back into the room with myself, okay? Uh, because I'm in the room with myself, I can observe the feelings and the thoughts without being caught up in them. And that allows me to, that gives me the ability to not go and lash out at somebody else. But that takes a lot of practice. That's a lot of mindfulness training and daily meditation and that sort of thing. Now, if I'm not on my game and something happens and a reaction comes up and I say something stupid, which I, which I can do, okay, um, yes. then I use a regular after action report and then make sure I'm on my toes next time. So you understand. Mm-hmm. That you can't call it an after action report if it's happening during the action. We'll call it in action report? During action report? Let's see. D Shit happening a now DAC, action report? A DAC versus a AAR. Wait, wait, wait. Whatever you get. Oh, mindfulness. <laughs> I try to catch myself before it happens. And, yeah. you know, I, I honestly, nine out of ten times, it works. But on that tenth time where I screw up, then I make sure I reflect on what I do so that I can go back in. Better Now, again, the purpose of these things is so that you can become a better partner and serve an example for the other person. And I have failed at that many times uh, and instead look at them and blame them for not being who they need to be instead of working on myself. You know, in any case, the next thing, okay, you want to live authentically, authentically in order to live authentic, authentically and be yourself. You have to be more self-aware and you have to know yourself. Uh, you can't be the real you if you don't know who the real you is. And if you're too busy reading other people's books and trying to model yourself after them, you could have an issue. You need that time for self-reflection and honesty uh, because there are some systems I can't, I can't be Anthony Robbins. I can't be you. I've tried to be you. I can't. I have to be me and then I can fully express myself. And the same thing has to happen in your relationship. Amen. Yep. You've got to live your truest values. Now, that can be a difficult one. Your values may not be the exact same values as that other person, okay? But both sets of values are designed for self-protection, growth, and a secure future. That's why we call them values. We value them because they think they're we think they're going to do something for us if we follow them. Uh, you need to, to live your truest values. Um, if, now, in your from your perspective, what would you see say is a value versus a rule? Like for me, a value is kindness, okay. Whereas a rule is you don't raise your voice at me, mm -hmm. okay. Now people get those mixed up. Um, I can have someone raise their voice at me and still love them and forgive them because I can sense what's going on inside them because I feel it within myself too. And when someone else uh, says something negative or gives you a negative look, it immediately triggers something inside yourself. So you sh you could actually know what's going on in that other person. We can identify that. So do you lose your cool? Okay. And, and do you attack back or do you use that understanding to breathe out, let go, and then see if you can connect with that other person to relieve them of their pain, you know? Okay. So 
Uh, we want to know, you, you got to know yourself. You got to be uh, self-aware. You need to live authentically. You need to live your truest values. But, and this one I'll need your input on because it's new for me, you <laughs> need to be vulnerable. That scares the crap out of me. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was, um, you know, I've, I've always been, I've always, not always, I mean, I guess growing up, I've always been hard for me to be open with who I am as an individual to people and be vulnerable and let people in. Mm -hmm. And so I was always, I was always the tough one. I was always the, the strong one. I was always the rock. And I, I just was, I was that person for everybody else. So I felt mm -hmm. like I couldn't share with them what I really felt on the inside. Mm -hmm. I remember one time, um, I had, a, gosh, I was maybe 12 years old. Um, and we had a dog that was hit by a car mm -hmm. and I picked the dog right up on, right out of the road after it got hit by the car and I picked her up. She died in my arms and it was very tough for me. Um, and so I remember being in the backyard burying her, right? Mm -hmm. My mom comes over crying and, and I had a little tear and I totally, I mean, I totally gaslighted her and told her that no, I wasn't crying, mm -hmm. right? Because I felt like I couldn't be vulnerable and that mm -hmm. hurt. Our relationship and that hurts everyone's relationship if you can't be open and vulnerable with somebody so they mm -hmm. understand who you really are on the inside mm -hmm. then they can never truly love you for who you really are because they don't know who that is because they don't know so you have to be open with that you mm -hmm. have to communicate with that you know if you're feeling something a different way and this is hard for us guys because we're, we're told that we can't cry. We're told that we got to be tough. We're told that we can't complain, mm -hmm. that we have to be this person and be, you know, be the be the example and, 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 and just do what we're supposed to do. And it's hard for a lot of men to open up because you're told from a very young age that men don't cry, that men don't have these kinds of emotions, and it's wrong. Well, I'll tell you what bugs me about it is I am deathly terrified of being judged by the other person if they find out. I have a weakness or a flaw or something I'm worried about, you know? Uh, so I've resisted it for years uh, because I have had partners that if they perceive a weakness or if you admit something to them, they're going to jump on it and be cruel about it because they don't know any better. They don't realize that they're supposed to help you overcome that. Instead, they're like, oh my God, he's got a weakness. Uh, so now I got to worry. Yeah, oh, and Now I got to worry because this guy's not superhuman. Again, we, we all have these these things, we have uh, these expectations of other people that they can't meet, but neither can we. But we ignore the fact that we can't meet them. You know, so my biggest fear of revealing my vulnerabilities is that I have, have done it before, only to be shamed by it by the other person. Yeah. Now, I don't care. If I got a, if I got a weakness or a vulnerability, um, I'm going to let somebody know if I need to. I'm so busy working on them, I really don't need to that much. Yeah. Now, you know? But yeah. yeah, the point is the same, though. You have to be true and authentic, which means your vulnerabilities, you can't protect them because your vulnerabilities are weaknesses that need to be improved. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. I mean, being yeah. being vulnerable opens up opens things up. Mm -hmm. It opens yourself up to accepting the help. It, mm -hmm. I if think I we need to define vulnerability. I, there's vulnerability and then there's openness. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be open about your vulnerability, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, does vulnerable mean that you, that you can be damaged or is it vulnerable mean that you just, uh, you're willing to be hurt in order to learn? Oh, yeah. I think both. I think you got to be willing to be hurt because mm -hmm. you can't be in a relationship a romantic relationship uh, and love the way that you need that you need that love returned mm 
mm-hmm. if you aren't willing to be hurt by the other person. You can't give mm-hmm. somebody your heart mm-hmm. if you're not willing for them to just throw it on the ground, right? Yeah. Not that you be, want to. It has to be a, 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 in a condition where it can bounce back easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you risk, you have, mm-hmm. if you... If you want to get to where you want to get to where in life, you have mm-hmm. to take certain risks. So risks yeah. have to happen. If you're always doing what you've always done, then you'll never get those things that you want in life because you're not willing to risk what you mm-hmm. currently have. you got to be able to risk what you currently have to get more. Yeah. You have to. And it's the same way within a relationship that you got to be vulnerable, but you also got to be vulnerable enough that you that you are open to being to being hurt by whatever it is that they're saying. Mm-hmm. They may say something, communicate something to you, and maybe they're scared of saying it mm-hmm. because they don't want to hurt your fragile ego. Yeah. So you got to be open to hearing those things too. Yeah, ego. Well, I'll tell you that um, because I have accepted that I need to be more vulnerable, I've done some studying and I realized uh, that I've been vulnerable the whole time. The, the thing that distracted from it is my easy offense. That if someone says something or criticizes me, I'm going to get pissed off about it. And then start justifying it or def- or defending it or something like that. Or gaslighting. Oh, exactly. Like uh, over the past, within the past two years, I was told about a characteristic of myself in a relationship. And I became deeply offended about it. And, and instead of looking in the mirror and going, you know what? She's absolutely right. I need to fix that. Instead, I went looking for flaws in her. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I'm really good and creative. So I, not only did I find flaws, I created a whole bunch too. You know, so in any case, uh, you have to be able to be vulnerable because the truth is vulnerability requires infinitely more strength and competence than self-protection. Finally, vulnerability creates invulnerability because you can be more like water and flexible. You can put yourself out there, let that person stomp all over what they think they're stomping over just to get their emotions out. And then you can come back back into yourself and you're whole and you're happy. And that person's gotten it off their chest, and now you can move on. Absolutely, I've learned. I've learned that I know who I am. I know mm-hmm. my flaws, and if and it doesn't hurt my feelings when someone comes and says something, it irritates some people. Sometimes they feel like they can't get to me. Uh-huh. They can't because I mean, they can't. I feel. I feel mm-hmm. when people say something negative to me and mm-hmm. try to criticize me. But I know who I am. I already know mm-hmm. my flaws. I understand them. So you can. If someone points the, them out. I'm okay with it. So you can get the feeling, and instead of holding on to it, you can just let it flow just, on. Just out. let it flow. I and then work on it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad I've gotten to that point now. And again, you said uh, you've learned, and that's our last point, which is never stop learning and never stop growing. Because there's little more dangerous to long-term relationships than the assumption that you've learned all there is to know about yourself and the other person in the relationship. Predictability is death. Always assume you know nothing and that what you do know is already obsolete the moment you have it in your arsenal. The present moment always has something new for you to understand about yourself, the other person, and the relationship. Well said. Right. So let's get into the next one. Uh, be honest and trustworthy. So number four, obviously, is being honest and trustworthy. So this is a tough one, right? Oh, it is for me. <laughs> now, Because I've lied to myself for so many years. Uh, yeah. So now I know what you're thinking, David. I'm honest and I'm trustworthy. <laughs> Typically, we all think that we are honest and trustworthy, right? <laughs> honest. Seriously. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that you aren't, but how do you know? How do you know that you're honest and trustworthy? Now, I ask that question because there's no way... That you can be honest with another person if you're not first honest with yourself. All the stuff that we've been talking about, it, hey, I, don't yeah, have to, I don't have to rehash it, right? <laughs> I don't have to rehash it. 
We've talked about this in previous episodes. We talked about in this episode, but you cannot be honest with another person if you're not first honest with yourself, right? So, you know, most people would agree that one of the most important aspects of relationship is honesty mm-hmm. and trust. Well, I think I don't think anyone would disagree with that. So, if you want a strong relationship, then you must strive to be honest and trustworthy. Now, this can't happen with just your words. Right. You have to have actions behind it, and we've talked about this already, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so first, first things first. So, always keep your word. If you say that you're going to do something, then do it, right? Now, being a person of your word will strengthen your relationship tenfold because this builds trust and trust leads to emotional intimacy and a stronger feeling of connectedness. Now, if if you aren't sure that you can keep a commitment, don't make it. Don't make the commitment. Well, I'll tell you this. uh, For years, my word has been far too flexible. Okay. And what I've learned is that I will keep my word better if I don't keep putting out a bunch of words. Absolutely. You know? Keep your words to yourself, T. I know. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, how many promises am I so willing to make that I'm going to fail on um, that, you know, you can't be too free with that. You, mm-hmm. if you're going to, if you're going to make a commitment, you got to be serious. Absolutely. Now, there, now there's some word, I'm, words I'm going to keep, but like, uh, if, if I tell her, you know what, I'm really going to go on a diet this year and lose some weight. Well, that's an interesting word to give somebody. <laughs> yeah, it you is. Know, I would like, yeah, especially considering the freaking the way my jeans are getting tight on me right now. Nah, so yeah, it, you know, it's the holiday it's a, season. Yeah. It's okay. Some now I, I will say that for me, keeping my word is a matter of practice. One, stop making so many promises. Make sure you're serious about your promises and your commitments. You know, absolutely, that's, that's been an issue with me. So absolutely, that's so, why I had you do this part. That's right. Learn, <laughs> learn to be selective with your commitments and what you say you'll do. Now, mm. um, let's think about it. That's actually pretty good advice, even though it's very, very simple. Right? Mm-hmm. We just talked about it. If you yeah. if you if you feel 100% that you can't keep that commitment, then don't say that you're going to do it. Don't. Um, you know, don't promise something and then not be able to do it because that violates that trust. Yeah. Right. Now, not everything will always be perfect. True. You will mess up. Mm-hmm. I will mess up. We all mess up. And that's okay because we're human mm-hmm. and it's what we do. Right. Yeah. So if you have a strong relationship um, and messing up is not the norm, of course, <laughs> uh, then you have nothing, nothing to worry about. And this is why I made the point earlier of, of love being an act. It's something that you must be intentional with. If you feel that you that you can't be honest with the person that you're in a relationship with, then your relationship is heading in the wrong direction, and it's mm-hmm. time to course correct. Right? I believe love is a discipline. Absolutely, case, it, is. It. Yeah. it is. It is. It mm-hmm. is. It is an it's an action. Right? You you act. Relationship takes intent. Mm-hmm. Now, when we talk about love. Because we're using the L word a lot. Love is not just the love that you have for your spouse. Yeah, we're not love talking is, just romantic. No, yeah, no, no, platonic love, mm-hmm. right? The love you have for your animals, right? Yeah. The love you have for your friends, right? So love mm-hmm. takes more than just that. So the, the third pillar is, is really mil- meant to help you build new relationships and reconcile old ones oh, yeah. if that's what is needed. Yeah. Just follow through what we're sharing here. And I think you'll be okay. So here are a few, because I see we're getting kind of long here. Um, so here are a few quick fire pieces of advice because um, once again, we, we, we could dedicate a whole episode to this topic too. Yeah. So saying I'm sorry without change uh, is a form of manipulation. I hate it. I hate that. Oh, right? oh man, that's bad, bad. It is. So it's okay to have a different opinion. Just be open to being wrong. Mm-hmm. Never enter a conversation with the idea that you know everything and there is no way that you can be persuaded. Never enter a conversation like that. Integrity 
means following through even when nobody is watching. Doing what you yeah, say you'll yeah. do means means doing it even if no one can verify that it was done. Yeah. Right? So I T, like that one. T, what you got next? Well, we want to spend some time together. All right? Now, again, a relationship, you can't have a relationship if there's no time together. Even if it's online, long distance, whatever, it's about connection. Do now when it comes to the descriptions that I'm dealing with, I'm talking about close relationships with family, uh, your spouse, your girlfriend, boyfriend, that sort of thing. One, do quality things together, not just entertainment or distraction. The things that keep you distracted from life also keep you distracted from one another and from those matters that unfold in a relationship designed to make you both better and draw closer. Now, I've seen and I know you've seen uh, families that sit at the dinner table and everybody has their phone out. I've seen it in restaurants. Uh, I, I, I've actually seen it in people's houses. They're sitting at the dinner table. That's if they sit at the dinner table. A lot of times they're all in the living room and the TV is on and they still have their phones out. They're not actually together. That's not quality time. Not in my house. No, no, no not allowed. <laughs> not in the Johnson residence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're at the table, no yeah. phones. Yeah. Uh, uh, a lot of times, like when you spend time with people, you go out and you do entertainment, entertaining things just to have a good time and everything. But find ways to spend time together doing things where you actually have to pay attention to one another. Put time aside to talk with one another. Keep in mind, both of you, your purpose, which is to grow together. What level are you on when you converse with that other person? Are you in judgment mode? Uh, are you in step over them to talk mode? Or are you really going to listen? Um, are you stepping into it with your opinion? Is your inner voice going the entire time that person is talking? And are you listening to your inner voice instead of listening to them? Um, uh, is your bias or your values, your beliefs, your rules, are they getting in the way of you spending time with this person? Um, is it really all about you? Is it uh, circling around everything that you want instead of them? Are you the one to give unsolicited advice? Recognize how you still have much to learn and you may not be in the position to give them advice every time they're open, they open their mouth. Listen, 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 because they may be, tell, be telling you something that is good for you, even though it's their problem. I know I've taken advantage of this ability now that when other people talk to me about their problems, I investigate myself for the same issue. And make sure that you travel together. Go camping. Experience the world in a way that lets you both grow together. David, tell us a little bit more about communication. Okay. All right. So finally, the sixth one, communication. Now, are you groaning out there? You're going, oh my God, stop it. Communication. Well, that, I always hated communication. I know, man. right? I but know. it's so oh important God, because we I hear thought, it. I always thought it was her responsibility. <laughs> oh, T, come on now. Come on now. So, so uh, communication, as we all know, is important, right? Mm -hmm. now, now, however, many of us suck at communicating in our relationships. Uh, but don't worry, I have a few things that I can communicate to you that will help. I know, <laughs> corny, but you know, it is what it is. So punny, right? Um, first, first thing to do is check in with your people. Be mm -hmm. open, clear, 
and painfully honest with them, right? Mm -hmm. So good communication isn't always butterflies and rainbows. Sometimes it's tough. But always remember there is a difference between being critical mm -hmm. and offering feedback, right? Mm -hmm. So being critical focuses, focuses us on, on, on what we don't want. And feedback focuses, focuses us on what we want. I Crit like that. Yeah. That's good. That's true, yeah. Criticism is focused on the past while feedback is focused on the future. <laughs> yeah. Criticism. I like it. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Criticism focuses on weaknesses while feedback builds up strength. This is why. Did you come up with this? Of course. That's freaking good, dude. <laughs> so this is why criticism deflates and feedback inspires. Uh-huh. Right? Um, criticism says you are the problem while feedback says we can make this better together that's awesome man. so like this that. is so this is something that i uh, i'm gonna plug it that's okay the committed <laughs> husband course i go into this completely uh talk about communication i go into this in in detail and really focus on the difference it's between a great criticism course I, i'm not even feedback. married and i've gone through the course <laughs> yeah. it's a great course committedhusband.com anyway we'll, we'll keep going right so um so there's a big difference between criticism and feedback and why am i talking about this during during communication because you got to have you know, you got to have the right types of communication. We he talked about being vulnerable, about being who you are, being open, and communication takes that. You got to mm -hmm. take all of these things, right? So I really said all that to say, you know, when when I say communication is sometimes tough, I don't mean that it's a free reign to be an ass, right? I right, don't mean that, right. okay, at all. Communication repairs; it should never be used to tear down ever. And this is why you got to know the difference between criticism and feedback. It's got to come from the right place so that you can go to the right place. Dude, this is good stuff. We need to do a show on communication. This is good stuff. For sure. Like right? So the second point that I want to make is that you should spend time evaluating your relationship together. Yeah. Okay. Now, of course, this isn't just for romantic relationships, but this is especially important for romantic relationships relationships right so take the time to look at your relationship together and you know and ask questions like how is our relationship doing where are we struggling right so being this kind of open um will you know will lead to longevity it will lead to more love and a level of connectedness that is mm. unparalleled i can tell you a lot of guys are scared to take the lead on something like that but it's very very important you're a man a lot of time, especially considering that a <laughs> lot of a lot of women and i'm not trying to you know uh, hit people with genders, but there are a lot of women who look to men to take the lead uh, in in a lot of aspects in life and their relationship. And if a man won't take the lead on communication, like I did not do, then he waits around for the for the woman to do it, and that's a mistake. Yeah, yeah. You got to you got to be the person that starts it, right? I mean, yeah. So 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 that's my second point. Third point is. When you have problems, learn to solve them together. Understand that you're not in this by yourself. You have relationships with people. Talk with them. Again, again, you gotta be vulnerable to be talk about your own problems, but make sure that you work on 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 solving those problems together. Right? All of those are really, really important. Uh, right, and so that'll take some uh, some lowering of your ego to be able to do it too. Because if there's a problem, oh yeah, uh, somebody's there may be an issue of taking blame or who's responsible or something like that. So you have to be really careful. It shouldn't be any blame. It should be just getting together to take care of the problem. Absolutely, because mm -hmm. if you learn to strategize as a team of equals mm -hmm. about whatever it is that you're facing, you'll develop uh, confidence and trust in one another. Mm -hmm. So fighting tears down relationships. Right, solving yeah. problems builds mm -hmm. them up. Yeah. So that fight, that argument, that disagreement, if you learn to overcome that problem together, that's how you get past all of that, right? Yeah. So, so solving problems builds them up. So do it together. So fourthly, 
Uh, learn to understand that it is not all about you. Learn to listen. Yeah. T talked about this a lot earlier, but learn to listen. And I don't mean listen with the intent to respond, but listen with the intent to understand. Right? Communication mm-hmm. isn't always easy. So so be non-judgmental while your friend, wife, husband, child, parent, whoever, doesn't matter who it is. Whoever it is is trying to tell you something, you know, let them tell you what they're gonna tell you and and, and listen, ask questions if you have to, if you don't understand, and don't criticize them. And don't try to fix it. Absolutely. And don't I tell people to have they're 57 really if they're trying to say they're 47. I, I know, know I'm right? I'm really bad at trying to jump in and fix something that ain't my business, and all they want to do is get it off the uh, I, I know. You, typically, yeah. as men, we're, we're, mm. we're predisposed to be fixers. We think mm. we can fix things, right? I can't even if fix you're gonna, my own life. If you know? you're going <laughs> to fix something, do it together, right? Yeah. So, so lastly... Understand that honest communication can repair a failing relationship, right? Most relationships fail because of the lack of communication. So you must have effective communication to maintain healthy relationships. Open communication keeps a relationship on target and the relationship is going in the wrong direction. Good communication can save it, T. Mm -hmm. Good communication can save it. So most times, most times uh, the first step in repairing a relationship is through communication. This all starts with you. Yes, yep. communication is definitely a two-way street, but don't wait for them to start. After all, good communication starts with just one word. Hello. That's pretty good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm doing good. Hello. Hi there. <laughs> Hello. It's me. Hello. Hello again. Hello. But you didn't know I could sing, did you? Right, <laughs> I still don't know you can sing. <laughs> If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing, sharing, favoriting, or all of the above. As always, keep living your best life, keep pushing, and never give up on your dreams. We'll see you in the next episode. You realize that's my line, right? Was it? Yeah. You- <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it again. Okay, where was that? Right here. You're right here. You're right here. Uh, 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 go, go ahead and hit me again. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We appreciate your time and are extremely grateful for you spending it with us. Next week, we will discuss the fourth and final pillar of living your best life, money. (laughs) (laughs) If you you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing, sharing, favoriting, heck, all the above, right? As always, keep living your best life, keep pushing, and never give up on your dreams. We'll see you in the next episode.